Good morning. There's three of you awake. Morning. <laughs> Good to see you. Wow. Guys, that was amazing. Wonderful worship and tangible presence of God. Keep receiving, keep receiving. And just one of the things is uh, uh, if you sense something happening, share it with someone. Come and tell me, tell somebody. You know, if you sense God really setting you free from something, tell people, share the good news. You know, that really is what it's about. We're going to be uh, looking at Matthew 6. So if you've got your Bibles, your phones, your iPads, your... none of those, it's on the screens. It's starting um, with verse 5. Matthew 6, verse 5. Um, I'm actually going to read to um, verse 18. Just, I'm not going on for the extended bit. Okay. So this is Jesus speaking. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand praying in synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you've shut the door, Pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they'll be heard for their many words. Therefore do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. In this manner, therefore, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, you can join with me. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. And Jesus goes on to say, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Wow, we're beginning a new series on the transforming power of worship and prayer, which Tim kicked off last week, and if you've not heard it, an amazing word, please do listen to it on the website. And I think he said, it's true, you're getting two for the price of one. Come on, how generous is that? Where else do you get two for the price of one? Morrison's, Asda. (laughs) But nothing like this, I can assure you. Two sermon series dovetail together, uh, looking at these two essential elements of our faith journey, worship, and prayer under one series. And our, our hope and our expectation for each one of us is that it really will make a difference in our worshiping lives. We'll really go deeper in our worship, but also that we'll be more diligent and strategic in our prayer life as well, as individuals, as a church community, that we'll see transformation in our lives. And the question is this Are you ready? Again, four people. Are you ready? And are you on board? Come on, let's go for it. Well, I want to begin with the question, why? Tim did why worship, why prayer? 
And I think it's good to ask the question why, especially in those areas of lives that we might take for granted or uh, just those habits that we want to shake up and refresh and see transformation. And I think one of the areas is prayer. And so as we begin to look at prayer, why do we pray? Why do you pray? Why do you turn to prayer? And when do you do it? Maybe one way of just kind of answering that question and tackling it is to imagine a world and a life where there is no prayer. Nothing to pray and no one to pray to. You're in a crisis and there's no one to cry out for help. You're in danger and there's no one to ask to come to your rescue. You're in need and there's no one to say, will you provide? No one to speak to in the secret place. No conversation in the quiet times about life and death and faith and hope and you know what is to come. What are we to make of our lives and what is life beyond now? I think it's, it's almost unthinkable. And I'm like, I was trying to get my mind to that place, but I just couldn't. I cannot imagine such a life. Some people live like that we would kind of generically label them as atheists, but you know, that's a complex subject in itself. They live as such as if that kind of way of being is not a reality, and that anyone who prays is either weak or lacking something. But you know, prayer is not a crutch to lean on. Please hear me. Prayer is not a crutch to lean on. Neither is it a substitute for an absence or a lack in fact, asking the question, why pray, is a little bit like saying, why breathe? You know, my reason for breathing is not because of what I get out of light. It's not because I can buy a car and drive around instead of walking as if the car is the crutch to lean on for breath. You know, my reason for breathing is not because I can go on holiday rather than stay at home. As if, you know, if I go to a new place, new air, you know, from a new location, I need that air. My reason for breathing is not because I can work and play and make money and do all of these things as if my air would be limited without them. The reason for breathing is innate in life itself. I breathe, we breathe to live, and we live to breathe. And I think it's the same with prayer. We pray to live, and we live to pray. And where prayer has become dependent on the things that we get out of it, the lists we present and the things we get out of it, a bit like worship, what I get out of these times of worship, something is inherently wrong with the reason. You know, even before Jesus tackles the why prayer question, if you like, he challenges this kind of approach of what I get out of it. He says in Matthew 6, and when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand in the synagogues and on corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Do not be like the hypocrites. Hypocritus, just say hypocritus. You can now speak Greek. <laughs> well, maybe not. <laughs> but that word means actor, stage player, someone who assumes a certain character or role in a play. Now, why does Jesus say, before he gets on to teaching about prayer, do not be like hypocrites? Well, actually, there's one reason, because 
it's very easy for us to be like hypocrites when it comes to worship and prayer. And please say, I'm not making a judgment on anybody here. So I'm just saying, generally, it's very easy for us to be hypocrites when it comes to worship and to prayer. It's very easy for us to play a role, if you like, rather than really surrender everything to Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's very easy for us to play a part or an act in church, read a script, use vain repetitions, uh, speak out a liturgy or whatever it is, fulfill a duty. Be seen and heard in public rather than get to the heart of prayer, especially in the secret place. See, God sees it all. He knows our hearts. And the heart of prayer is relationship. Why we pray is relationship. See, in Luke's account of Jesus teaching the disciples to pray, in Luke chapter 11, he prefaces, if you like, the actual teaching with these words. Verse one, now it came to pass as he, Jesus, was praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. I love the scene that Luke is painting here for us. Jesus is praying. He's praying on his own. But one of the disciples is watching him. Watching him pray. Yeah, have you ever done that? You know, someone that uh, you look up to or admire spiritually, their, their walk, you kind of like watch how they pray, watch how they worship. Uh, I know I have, you know, it's just on my journey, people I really look up to and admire, you know, just, you, you, you just you're looking at how they're doing what they're doing. Well, this disciple is watching Jesus. And the thing is, there's something about Jesus' prayer life that is so radical and transforming. There's something for this disciple as he's looking at Jesus praying that is different to anything that he's seen before. And this is in a culture that promoted prayer. The Jewish people were used to people praying on street corners and doing all of these things that Jesus challenged them about. Something captures his heart and his spirit that is burning within him to the point where he says to Jesus, look, teach me to pray. Teach us to pray. How are you doing what you're doing and why? Why are you praying in that way? And I would love to have seen Jesus actually preaching on earth. Seeing what he does. I mean, I'm quite sure it wasn't on his knees. Maybe it was at times, but I'm quite sure looking up and just seeing that joy as he looked at the Father and he communed with him. But actually the beauty is we can know how he prayed because the heart of why he prayed is the same for us. Jesus prayed out of relationship with the Father in the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. We pray out of relationship with the Father in the power and presence of the Holy Spirit and in the name of Jesus. This is the fundamental basis for prayer. Everything that we'll look at over these weeks and months to come Everything that will shake our prayer life comes from this. Prayer is all about knowing and being known by God before any words are spoken. Just say that with me. Prayer is all about 
knowing and being known by God before any words are spoken. And Jesus goes on to say, in this manner, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You know, this word for prayer here and actually throughout the passage, and it's the word that's used most when talking about prayer is prosukamai. Say prosukamai. You definitely can speak Greek now. Two words. <laughs> Hupocritus and prosukamai. Just go to a Greek restaurant and say that. I wonder what would happen. <laughs> Prosukamai. <laughs> Philip is just cringing there because he knows probably my pronunciation is appalling and if I said that they'd be escorting me out of the restaurant. Anyway, prosukamai. Actually, you may have heard me use this word before because it's to do with worship as well as prayer. And it's important for us to grasp because we can no more separate prayer from worship as worship from prayer. They come from the same source of friendship, intimacy, and love. Pros, pro, the leaning towards is required in both our act of worship and prayer. The drawing near is key to both adoration and also intercession. The surrender and love, it kind of like, it dovetails together in that closeness that marks out this kind of prayer. And where is this prayer best found? It's found in the secret place. It's found in your home, a room by yourself. For me, in my polytunnel, a little tent that's in the polytunnel, my little prayer tent, and other places. Your car, walking on the beach on your own. That space where it's just you and the Father. St. Teresa wrote this, with prayer we may keep our Lord company all the day long. With prayer we may keep the Lord company all the day long. And you see, Jesus reveals this company and what it looked like for him with the Father and the Holy Spirit. John 5, 19 to 20, Jesus answered and said to them, he was, by the way, being challenged and in this place, Jesus says, most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the father do. For whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. For the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself does, that he will show him greater works than these, that you may marvel. What did praying look like for Jesus? Absolute devotion with the Father, immersed in the Father's love. What did it look like with Jesus? That communion with the, the Holy Spirit, saturated by his presence. Complete adoration, mutual affection in this oneness. And it's out of this love that flowed, out of this intimate relationship that flowed the presence and power of God to see the prayers that Jesus spoke answered. To see the healings, the wonders, the miraculous signs, the deliverances and the salvations, all the things that we want to see happen in our midst, it came out of that relationship of love, that mutual affection between the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And you see, Jesus showed us the way. 
in his dying on the cross and his rising again. That curtain, uh, the, uh, the curtain in the temple tearing in two. Jesus opening the way for us to have that relationship with him. And in his life and ministry, he showed us how it was done in the way, the truth and life, knowing such a beautiful and power-filled companionship with the Lord. And he even prays for us that this will be the case. Just listen to these words. Jesus is praying for you and me. He's praying for all believers in John 17, verse 20, when he says, I do not pray for these alone. So he's talking about the disciples. But all those who will believe. Anyone here believe in Jesus? Not many hands. Anyone here believe in Jesus? Jesus is the Lord and Savior. Not just believe in him, but believe in him. Yeah? This is for you. Just hear these words that Jesus speaks when he says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Heather, Tim, Sanna, Becca, David, this is for you. Listen. That you, I'm putting in the you, but he says they, that you may be one. Actually, I'll read it as it is because that confuses me. I can't work it out because there's lots of you's and they's and me's and, okay, eyes. Okay, but this is for you. <laughs> that they may all be one <laughs> as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also, get this, may be one in us, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That the world may believe that you sent me Get this. And the glory which you gave me, this is Jesus speaking, I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. Get this. I in them and you in me. That they may be perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and I've loved them as you have loved me. Isn't that an extraordinary revelation of why we pray? All those years ago, Jesus was praying for us right now. I think if this doesn't capture the why of prayer, not a lot will. If this doesn't stir our hearts into the kind of prayer life that Jesus has won for us, I'm not sure what will. Oneness with him. And you see, it's in this relationship with Father, Son and Holy Spirit as Jesus goes on to reveal in the Lord's Prayer. And we, we can reel this prayer off because we know it so well. But just imagine you don't know it so well and you're hearing this for the first time. It's in this relationship with Father, Son and Holy Spirit that we get to taste of God's kingdom here on earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. 
I know if we kind of share testimony, we'd be able to say we've seen God's kingdom break out in many ways in, in our own lives and in other people's lives and in community and church and all the different things. We've seen it, but there's so much more for us to know of God's kingdom here on earth as in heaven. There's so much more for us to to know about what it means to nurture that intimacy with the Father in the secret place so that we see his kingdom burst out. We get to taste his kingdom here on earth as in heaven. And not just tasting of God's kingdom. In that relationship, we also discover his daily nourishment. Give us today our daily bread. And daily bread is not just about the bread we eat. Uh, We've got um, Santa's friend Teresa from Norway and Norwegians eat a lot of bread. Breakfast, lunch, supper and dinner. They eat a lot of bread. Um, We eat a lot of bread. But this is not just about bread eating. Jesus says in Matthew 4, 4, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the Father's mouth. You see, Jesus is speaking here in a prayer that we speak so much and we think it's just about provision. It's about what he's doing inside as much as what he does outside. It's not just about the things that are provided for on the outside. It's the way that he makes that provision within us so we know the Father's word and we can feed on it and it nurtures our spirit and our soul. In that relationship of Father, Son and Holy Spirit, we get to taste of God's kingdom. We get to discover his nourishment. We get to receive forgiveness. Oh my goodness, how we all need the gift of forgiveness in our lives. Forgive us our sins, Father. Times we mess up, let people down, react in wrong ways, and actually oversee the importance of forgiving others as well. The two go together. We can't receive a gift without giving it away. That's how it works in the kingdom of God. This is not for people just to absorb themselves we want to know God's forgiveness he freely gives it but we have got to forgive as well and then so much more about keep us from temptation deliver us from evil don't really have the time to look at that maybe you can do that in your life groups but you see it's in our relationship with the Father Son and Holy Spirit We get to combat temptation and find deliverance from evil, all for the glory of God. And you see, this is what prayer is about. Relationship with the Lord. We just have to choose to pursue prayer in this way. Can I just finish with a couple of things? One is a, a little caveat. And, um, and I think we will be looking at this over the next weeks and months. But I know in my own experience and also you know, from being a pastor, what I see going on in our lives in a community and around the world, one of the biggest pitfalls when it comes to prayer is our perception of unanswered prayer and the problem is that when we get to that point where we imagine either God has not heard our prayers or he's not answered the prayers in the way that we want him to 
our default position invariably is to pull away from the Lord. And it's one of the most common things that we can fall into temptation, if you like. We're crying out to God for something. He's not answered this prayer. And we distance ourselves from God. It is at that time, friends, we have to do the complete opposite. When we do not think that God is answering our prayers, rush to him. When we feel that our prayers are not being answered in the way that we want to, pursue him. Draw close to him. Do everything we can to be in his presence, in that secret place, crying out to him because that is the place where we meet him and find him. Think of Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane, knowing what was about to happen. Not my will, but your will be done. When we're not seeing answers to prayer, press in. Worship more than you ever worship and spend time with Jesus in the secret place. This is the air that we breathe, praying to live and living to pray. Can I ask us to stand together? Take John. I would really love us to respond to this and uh, one of the things I I want to sense is the guys are going to be playing a bit. I would love to pray for anybody who is particularly struggling to pray and struggling not to reel off lists because we all have them. Struggling just to be with the Lord in his company. And guys, as you just, if you just, thank you, Alan, if you just want to play. If, if this is you, can I invite you to be bold and strong for the Lord your God is with you. <laughs> um, to be bold and just invite you to come to the front. And we're going to pray and just pray if you like a restoration of closeness with God. A restoration of just intimacy with him. If this is you, then can I invite you just to, to come forward? Um, I'm going to pray for us generally, but there's the opportunity for that to happen. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Jesus, for teaching us to pray. But I thank you, Lord, for modeling it. And Father, I just feel a bit like that disciple, just wanting to look on, seeing how you're doing it, learning from you. And just seeing that incredible relationship you had with Father and Holy Spirit. That perfect union and oneness. And that's the cry of my heart, Father. And I pray for every person here. Whatever has gone on in the past. And some of us here need to forgive ourselves for the messes that we've caused. For those times when we've turned away. Maybe just say that now. Father, I ask for your forgiveness. Father, I ask for your forgiveness. Maybe just whisper these words. For where I've turned away from you, especially when I've not had an answered prayer and I felt let down by you and those around me, please forgive me. And Father, I want to come rushing into your presence right now to have that restoration 
of life with you. To live to pray and to pray to live. And so if you want to, uh, just a particular prayer, I just invite you to come forward now as we just continue uh, in worship.